Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Construction on Belmont High School will begin this June, and with that construction will, be, will come traffic disruption, traffic congestion. The high school construction will affect the neighborhoods and streets surrounding the new school. Because of that, there is going to be a public hearing at the Beach Street Center on April 10th at 7 o'clock to allow people to hear about and express opinions about the impacts of and the responses to the traffic associated with the construction. Welcome to This Week in the Belmont Citizen Herald. I have with me today Joanna Juvelis, who is the multimedia journalist for the Citizen Herald and Wicked Local Belmont, Belmont's online and print source of local news. Thanks for stopping over. You're welcome, Roger. Let's get right to traffic. There has been one accident after another in the past week. Yes, I talk to the Belmont police as I do every week. And between March 25th and April 1st, there were three accidents involving pedestrians and a bicyclist on three different occasions. One of the accidents involved a teen from the Chenery Middle School who was walking to the center after school like they, like they always do on a nice day. And she was struck, unfortunately, and she got, had a knee la laceration, had to go to Children's Hospital. She's okay. Um, and the driver wasn't cited, though, because it, wasn't, it didn't happen in a crosswalk. And she didn't, she didn't see her in time, which is unfortunate. And a another, another car waved her on, too. That's important to note. So I think we should warn our kids that even if a car waves you on, you should really, really be careful. And the other accident was on Trapello Road involving a, a pedestrian, a woman who was helping an elderly woman cross the street, got struck, and actually fell on top of the elderly woman she was helping. That was unfortunate. That was someone backing out who wasn't paying attention. And then there was an another, another accident. A bicyclist was struck on Concord Avenue. Now, it, this isn't a cause and effect, but it just so happens that the town also completed its traffic study uh, this week. Yes, well, it, it's been completed. They presented it to the selectmen. To the board of selectmen, yes. And so I think it's, it's important to, to note that, you know, they are aware that they need to do something to increase the safety of pedestrians and bicyclists um, with the amount of cars on, on the road. And this study, you want to talk about some of the things that came out in the study? Well, 1,100 pedestrians in Cushing Square? Yes, that's what the thought? study looked at, 22 different locations in Belmont over a six-hour period, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and that's what they found, 1,100 pedestrians on Cushing Square. And how many cars on Trapella Road? 22,000 yes. in that one 12-hour period. So the question is not, what's the problem? We all know there's a problem. Yeah. What are the next steps now that we've got some yes. numbers? Uh, also worth noting, there's a lot of this is cut through traffic from neighboring towns. It's not just Belmont cars, so that's worth Worth noting, and yes, the next step. And it's steps, time sensitive. Uh, yes. Going in during rush the, the hour, morning. morning, afternoon. So the next step is the transportation advisory committee will be tasked with reviewing this study and coming up with solutions. And they're going to look at ways that maybe they can separate commuter traffic from Belmont traffic, which I think is uh, an important thing. How they can slow cars down. Maybe there's a way they can uh, add roundabout somewhere or. Um, add barriers in, in other locations. So my takeaway was that we now know what needs to be done. We need to decide how it's to do it. It's a question of when and how. 
also, and how much money? Also, what came up at the selectmen meeting on, on April 1st was that the Belmont Hill School is um, applying for a grant. Well, actually, they want the town to apply for this grant. They're going to pay for, for all the design. They actually have a design ready to go to improve traffic and calm traffic um, on Park Avenue off of Route 2. Yes. So I think that's great because they're going to they're gonna pay for it, and it's, it's a grant, so it won't cost the town a thing. And they talked about how they're going to um, make the roundabout smaller, tighter, uh -huh. to get cars to... That's great. Down. Well, thanks for bringing us up today. We've been speaking about traffic, an ongoing issue in the town of Belmont. We now uh, know more about the problem. We've been speaking with Joanna Juvelis, the multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald and Wicked Local Belmont. You can read about these stories and more in uh, the Citizen Herald or online at, the, at Wicked Local Belmont. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. I have with me today Franklin Tucker, who is the editor and publisher of The Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Thanks for stopping over. Thank you very much. The votes have been cast, the votes have been counted, and there are winners and losers. Can you bring us up to date? That's right. We had our annual town uh, election this year. Uh, and uh, in the in the in the most in the feature race, I would I would guess it would be called sure. it would be before the board of selectmen. Um, Roy Epstein, uh, a very well known uh, uh, person who has been involved with uh, boards and committees uh, for the last fifteen years, uh, beat out a challenge from uh, uh, Jesse Bennett and uh, Tim Flood. Uh, it was a very, a very competitive race, and I think it was a very good race. Uh, it, it was, it was a, a race of two sides of, the, of this town. One was more an established side, which was, uh, which, which favored uh, Mr. Epstein, and a more progressive side, uh, which uh, favored uh, Ms. Bennett. Uh, they both brought very good c credentials, but I think what, what, what really um, made the difference and a 120 vote. Uh, 120 to 130 It was votes. almost 50-50. That's right. Uh, what really ch uh, uh, changed um, uh, maybe the, the just enough people's minds is that uh, that Roy had um, a great deal of experience with finance and 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 how how the town is structured. So I think experience really won out there. It's not that that Jesse wouldn't have been a, a very good leader. It's just that people uh, felt a little bit more secure with Roy. And Jesse Bennett, uh, let's even though she didn't uh, prevail, she won six of the eight precincts. That's right. She won um, uh, all but uh, the um, uh, I would say the western part of Belmont, which is Belmont Hill, and also uh, Waverly Square uh, in in that area. Okay, let's talk about the school committee. Uh, there were three candidates running for two positions. Well, this was a a, a pretty um, uh, we, we, we became a pretty. Uh, uh, standard race, uh, which we had an incumbent, Andrew uh, Presswich, and then we had Amy uh, Chekowicz, who, who, who really, uh, uh, um, uh, really campaigned for the seat. Uh, the third person, Peter um, Panazopoulos, Peter Panazopoulos, he didn't do much campaigning; wasn't around a lot. So it was the it was the two um, uh, women who um, really uh, uh, stepped it up, and they really showed that they really wanted to be on the board, and they. Ran away with the race, really. It was yes. close between the the top two. Yes, but, but there were two seats up. But so there were two it, seats you up. only had to finish second. It didn't matter wh whether you were first or second. It, it uh, just mattered if you were the first two. 
And then with the housing authority, were you surprised with the housing authority? Is that a fair question? Uh, I think it was a... Um I think it was a great race to show that um, uh, it was a race where you had an untraditional uh, candidate in uh, Cassandra Page, who is a resident of, uh, of Belmont Public Housing, uh, Belmont Village, um, who, who decided that she was going to run f uh, as, a, as a person who really has a lot of knowledge about the uh, residents there, which we really didn't have in, in the past. Uh, she beat out Tommy Olson, a, a well-established figure uh, again in Belmont. And I, but I think people, uh, especially the progressive wing in Belmont, uh, really backed her, and uh, she won. Um, back page. Back page, and uh, came through with a, with a very good victory. And she's going to be a surprising candidate. I wonder if she's going to be looking to do something else in the future. She's a, a, a very compelling uh, individual. Well, thank you for, uh, very much. So uh, Roy Epstein wins the selectman. Amy Checkaway and Andrea Pe Prestwich win the school committee, and Cassandra Page wins the housing authority. It's a, it was a great time for democracy in Belmont. <laughs> We've been speaking with Franklin Tucker, the editor and publisher of the Belmontonian. Springtime in Belmont brings warm weather and leaves on our trees. One additional way we know it's springtime in Belmont, however, is the presence of DPW crews fixing our streets. The Belmont Journal sat down with Assistant DPW Director Mike Santoro to talk about the repair of streets. Hi, uh, my name is Mike Santoro. We have a lot of potholes in Belmont, unfortunately. So our patching season lasts every season of the year. We have crews out practically every day and every season of the year here in Belmont. We have, definitely we have good years and bad years. Usually if you have a, a very bad winter, it'll be a bad year for potholes. This year's weather that we've had was considerably a bad year because it would start out as sleet, then it would, be, it would go to a freeze, then it would go to rain, and then back to a freeze. So that's a prime candidate to create for potholes. So it was a bad year. Even though we didn't get a lot of snow, it was a bad year because of the way it, it, the precipitation was bad, so it created a lot of potholes. We receive basically our calls through the residents that call in, or through the, uh, our online uh, work order request, or we get calls from the police department. And usually we're pretty good in getting the, the bigger and the, ma the major roads first, and then we try to go into the side streets after that. When we go out to patch a pothole and we go to a selected street, we just don't do the one pothole. We will take the whole street and check the whole street. And then, you know, we might even, <coughs> if, we're in a, if we're in a neighborhood, we might just take the whole neighborhood. Like if we're up off of Mill Street and we're in the Kendall Gardens area, uh, Laurel or Stanley, we're just going to run that whole little section and just do it while, the, while we're there. It just makes sense. We have a, an annual budget for potholes. Uh, it's in our street budget. I try to increase it each year uh, minimally, you know, one or two percent each year. Uh, it's, it seems to be, it's holding, it holds every year. Uh, fortunately, the Board of Selectmen have been very good to us. They let us increase it and it seems to hold up very well. On April 12th, Belmont's Nathaniel Meyer will lead the Du Bois Orchestra in performing a composition by Florence Price. 
Price was the first African-American woman to ever be recognized as a symphonic composer. BMC's Dan Dunbar was at a recent rehearsal. The name comes from W.E.B. Du Bois, who's the first African-American student to receive a PhD from Harvard, and someone who loved classical music deeply. He traveled to Europe, he heard the great pieces played in the great concert halls of Europe, Beethoven and Schubert and Wagner, and he fell in love with music. And he became inspired and he said, I think that African-Americans can achieve just as great things musically and be part of this great tradition. This was a, at a really pivotal moment for Du Bois, who is the grandfather or the father of the American Civil Rights Movement in many ways. For Du Bois, music was a metaphor for emancipation and, and redemption and acceptance. One, nine, four. Florence Price was the first African-American female composer to have a piece played by a major symphony orchestra. She had been trained here in Boston. Florence Price studied at the New England Conservatory, graduated in 1906. In her lifetime, she composed over 300 works. And depending on how you tally it up, it's, she's one of the most prolific composers that we have in the American musical tradition. And her work was lost for many, many years. Turns out that they were in a house outside of Chicago and a husband and wife couple were renovating the house back in 2009. It had been derelict, people had been squatting there, and all around the floor they found manuscripts. These manuscripts were the lost manuscripts. They were the key that the scholars were looking for. And one of these works is the piece that we are premiering here in Boston.
Here's the Belmont Media Center's Jane Peters to tell us about what there is to do in Belmont in the coming week. Before going to that conversation, let's listen in to Jane as she speaks with Lynn Finley, who talks about one of Belmont's end of school year traditions, the Belmont High School All Night Party. Hi everyone, I'm Jane and this is your community calendar for next week. Before we get into next week's events, we have a special guest with us today. We have Lynn Finlay with us. She is uh, the mother of the junior class president of the uh, Belmont High School and is in charge of the all-night party this year for the graduating seniors. So thank you so much for being here to talk Thanks about for having today. Um, the all-night party is a safe and fun way for seniors to celebrate graduation and you've got tons of events lined up for them to take part in. Can you talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's going to be going sure. on? Well, most of it is a secret, yeah. so we can't really share too much <laughs> about it, but it is a Belmont tradition for about 45 years mm -hmm. where the graduating class all gathers one more time at the high school for an all-night secret party from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. It's all volunteer run, um, all donations, lots of hard work by many, many parents mm -hmm. and, and businesses and community leaders. So it's just a fantastic event um, and we're looking forward to June 2nd. Great. Um, so an event like this goes on all night long. You do have a lot of volunteers, but it does take a lot of money to pull this kind of event off. And so you've got some fundraising uh, opportunities for people to take part in. Can you talk about sure. some of those? We sure do. Our, our business sponsors have been incredibly generous. Watertown Savings Bank has been a lead sponsor this year, which is fantastic. We've also got some new fundraising opportunities. Not Your Average Joe's in Arlington mm -hmm. is sponsoring an event, uh, a promotion that for the entire month of April, if you you mentioned the Belmont High School All Night Party, they'll donate 15% of your bill back to the party, which is great. Yeah. And then we also have a pre-Mother's um, Day sort of flower arranging shopping night at the Lions Club that's being sponsored by Paradise Flowers, which is a local Cushing Square business. Um, so those are the two main fundraisers that we have coming up or that are happening now. And then just businesses have been incredibly generous in years past and this year with helping fund the, the um, the event Great. and parent donations and ticket sales. Those are what. And people it. can make donations directly to the party on your website. They sure can. Uh, BHSAllNightParty.com. There's a link there that you can click on, and it's very easy to donate. Awesome. And so, not only does it take a lot of money, but it takes a lot of help. Oh. So you've got tons of volunteers helping put together the party, um, and then you'll also need chaperones and people to help. We sure set will. Up and Again, BHS All Night Party. If you can. Come for a couple hours or stay for all night. We would love to have as many people as we can. It does take a tremendous amount of time and energy to create this event. Mm -hmm. um, and we are looking for as many volunteers as we possibly can get. You don't have to be a junior class parent mm -hmm. to volunteer. And it's fun because people love to be involved in this big secret party that's been going on in town for many years. Okay, and so there's lots of involvement from the community outside of just donating and you've got Quite a few volunteers. Helping. We've got a really great thing going on this year. Our decorating committee has partnered with the Beach Street Center and some of the seniors over there. And every week, they work in secret on some of the props and things for the all-night party, which I think is such a great way to continue to involve the community. Many of these people may have had children or grandchildren that have gone to the all-night party, and mm -hmm. so it's kind of a special thing for them. Um, and as part of that, we're going to invite them to come early to preview all the work that they've done. They don't know the theme, but they know the, um, the, some of the components that are going into it. So it's just a lot of fun to partner with them and you know, make everybody feel a part of this whole big tradition. Great. Great. Well, I can't wait to see, see what the theme is this year. I know it's a secret right now, 
but um, we'll know it come two June third. Two huh? months. Yep. Great. So we hope you have a very successful event that everyone gets to have a lot of fun and celebrate the uh, the graduating seniors. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank you. And again, you can head to Belmont All Night Party website to donate and find out more information. And with that, we will get into next week's events. Born in Belgium in 1939 to Jewish parents who fled Berlin, Sylvia Ruth Gutman spent the first three years of her life hiding with her family in the south of France. Sylvia saw her parents deported to Auschwitz, was taken in at seven by relatives in New York City, and spent five decades struggling to understand the past she was too young to remember. Hear from Gutman about her book, A Life Rebuilt, on Monday at 11 a.m. at the Belmont Public Library. Aspiring poets and expert word crafters looking to share their work are invited to Belmont Books Open Mic Poetry Night on Tuesday at 7. Each poet may share about five minutes of poetry and can sign up in store or by emailing events at belmontbooks.com. Debbie Irving, author of Waking Up White, presents the second in Basics 2019 Parent Lecture Series. Her presentation is designed to support people in making the paradigm shift from fixing and helping those believed to be inferior to focusing on internalized white superiority and its role in perpetuating racism. Join the discussion on Wednesday at 6.30 in the Chenery Auditorium. Citizens are bombarded with advice on actions they should take to address the impacts of global warming. The Belmont Energy Committee presents a forum on Wednesday at 7 to help you and the town make a real difference in preventing climate change. Visit belmontclimateaction.org to learn more. All ages are invited to participate in the Beach Street Center's 7th Annual Peeps Diorama Contest. Submit your diorama on Thursday at 2.45 or head down to vote on your favorite beginning at 3 p.m. Come celebrate the colors and joy of spring with this fun family contest. Meet 18 local authors at the Spring into Summer Reading Author Festival and Book Fair at Chenery Middle School on Thursday from 3 to 5.30. The festival will be followed by a signing at 6.30 at Belmont Books. The Belmont Gallery of Art's newest exhibit, Spring Awakening, opens on Friday with a wine reception from 6 to 8.30. On Saturday, Lauren Meyer will be giving a gallery talk on the legacy of Frederick Law Olmsted, known widely as the founder of American landscape architecture. You can view the Spring Awakening exhibit on display through May 16th. Project Bread's Walk for Hunger raises money to feed hungry families and end hunger in Massachusetts. You can support the Belmont High School team on Saturday, April 13th at Davis Square's Chipotle. Visit the restaurant between 4 and 8 and Chipotle will donate 33% of sales to the BHS team. You can also visit projectbread.org to donate to the team directly. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. The Belmont High School Jazz Ensemble recently received a gold medal for its performance in the State High School Jazz Ensemble competition. By winning a gold medal, the Jazz Ensemble has been asked to compete in the statewide gold medal showcase on Sunday, May 19th at the Hatch Memorial Shell in Boston. Let's enjoy a few minutes of the recent Belmont High School performance.
Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. Thank you for watching. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will see you again next time.